Welcome back to the 411 Podcasting Network. I am your host, Larry Zonka, and this is a breaking audio update of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and of course the 411mania.com website. Please make sure to subscribe and share the show around, and if you have time, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. For the second time today, Jeremy Lambert Jr. III is back with me. Jeremy, how are you? Ah, very well. It has been a day of anticipation, and the moment has arrived, or it arrived about an hour and a half ago, but it is here, Larry. It is here, dude, and, uh, you know, Jeremy and I, we already, we broke down the NXT and AEW shows already, you can listen to that podcast, episode 55, and just a lot of stuff to love, and we, we talked about, in comparing the shows, we talked about the ratings, uh, we talked, you know, was it going to be an audience split? What was, what was it going to be? Would NXT maintain their audience? Would, you know, would they be able to keep that million viewers? And would AEW then, you know, have a whole new audience? Kind of like when Nitro debuted. Cause you know, when Nitro debuted, Raw had a number and then people thought that Nitro and Raw would split the number, but then Raw had a number it kept its number, and then Nitro started building a, a whole new fan base, and a lot of that was, you know, people that watched like WCW Saturday Night and stuff like that. And we got our answer, Jeremy, because the ratings are in. According to the Wrap, AEW Wrestling Dynamite debuted to 1.4 million viewers which was number two for the night in Cable's Top 50, besting NXT on the USA Network, which did 891,000 viewers, which was down 11% from last week, and ended up number 10 for the night in Cable's Top 50. Among the coveted 18-49 to demographic, Dynamite scored 878,000 viewers, almost as much as NXT's total, while NXT had 414,000. This is the second week of decline overall for NXT. Uh, The most watched show on cable was the MLB wildcard game between the Rays and the Athletics, which did 3.9 million viewers, uh, 1.03 rating in the 18-49 to demo. Jeremy, initial thoughts on the base wrestling rating there. As far as the viewership goes, I think I think we both kind of said around 1.5, and I like that even seemed optimistic from from both of us. And they did 1.4, so very close. I, right I there. thought I was shooting high with the 1.5. I was being yeah. optimistic, but I felt with yeah, I try not to look too much at like we talked about the the, the Google trends and the trending on Twitter and everything, and the, the commercials and the buzz, and it was a new show. So it had all that going for it, but even still, I was like, you know, I did the 1.5, we were done, I posted it, and I'm like, God, I'm probably going to look like an asshole later when they do, like, a million at most. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, I was actually close, so I was, I'm not pulling an I caught it by any means, I'm just saying, I, I, I'm surprised I was that close. Yeah, uh, they did 1.5, and NXT did just over 800. The The demographic is the big thing for me because i i noticed last week that the first week of nxt did really well in in the demographic rating the the 18 to 34 rating um 
And then the following week, it dropped by like 0.2, like 0.20, something like that. It was like a huge, huge drop off in the demographic rating. I'll actually pull it up because I have it in front of me. So, so the first week, um, yeah, it it did a 0.43, and, and this is the 18 to 49 demographic, not the 18 to 34. Uh, so it did a 0.43, and then the the next week, the week two, it did a 0.32, and the the drop was similar in the 18 to 34. So the it just goes to show what a big drop in the demographic rating that it and NXT is skewed towards the younger audience. Like it's the Triple H just said, like this was the first anti WWE brand. Like this was the first alternative. This isn't WWE. This is NXT. Um, so so to see that demographic rating drop so heavy from week one to week two unopposed, you know, and then you get into this week where it was down again because. AEW debuts and they were big in that demographic, like really big in that demographic. And like, this is the real alternative to WWE. The AEW truly scales to the younger audience. Whereas WWE, as much as they want to scale to that audience, uh, there's a reason why their biggest shows are shows where you're bringing back Austin and Hogan and Flair and Undertaker. And like SmackDown's going to do good because the rocks there and then when you just have the normal stars, it's like, all right, they, no one cares about these people. It's just kind of the older fans who have always been there who probably aren't going to go away, even though they're rapidly declining. Uh, yeah, speaking of the demographics, I have a breakdown of the demographics going from 18 through 50. Uh, persons 18 to 34, AEW 0.56, NXT 0.23. 18 to 49 was 0.68 for AEW, 0.32 for NXT. 25 to 54 was 0.74 for AEW, 0.36 for NXT. Persons 50 and over, this is the demographic NXT one, 0.36 to 0.34. And so, they barely won it. And they barely, yes, but AEW kind of slaughtered them in the uh, the main demographics. Overall, Jeremy, 2.3 million people watched wrestling on Wednesday night. I think that's the other thing we, we talked about is, you know, what what would be the overall total? We knew that about a million, 1.1, uh, watched NXT the, the first week. Uh, and it was, a, it was a little bit lower in the second week. So you know there's a base audience of 1.1 watching on Wednesday. So would AEW cut into that and would they split or would they you know increase and it was a big increase with, with aew and it shows that like just as many people watched wrestling on wednesday than watched wrestling on monday which is you know the home of wrestling and it's pretty obvious by the demographic breakdown that it's not like okay every single literally every single wrestling fan who watches on monday is also watching on Wednesday. It's not like that at all. Like there is an audience out there that Raw and WWE just in general is not capturing that AEW now has hold of. Yeah, and that's very important. Another important note for uh, AEW and TNT is that AEW's rating was roughly three times as many viewers as the uh, replay movies that TNT traditionally showed on Wednesday nights. So that is obviously a big uh, plus for them. Uh, as we know, TNT is paying production costs for the show, and they're splitting ad revenue. So that will bode well for them in the ad revenue department. 
Um, the other thing is, is you, you talked about NXT and the decline. NXT Week 1 did 1.179 uh, million viewers. Week 2 did 1.006 million viewers. And then in the third week, dropped 891,000 viewers with the competition. And with the loss in Week 1, and please, again, we are going to stress this is Week 1, and it is, you know, we've talked about this numerous times. We're not going to get a solid gauge till at least 6 to 8 weeks in, maybe even a little further into December, like Jeremy has said, because you have to have viewing habits, you have to have both programs establish their identities and what they're going to be, and just overall, can they keep up consistency? But the interesting thing was, and this never would have happened in the Monday Night Wars, WWE released a statement. <laughs> Basically, a, it was like a concession speech. And it reads, and I quote, Congratulations to AEW on a successful premiere. The real winners of last night's head-to-head telecasts of NXT on USA Network and AEW on TNT are the fans, who can expect Wednesday nights to be a competitive and wild ride, as this is a marathon not a one-night sprint. So they're saying, fuck you, you beat us once. Okay. But it's not over. But obviously, something that never would have happened in the past. I I thought this was a bold move by WWE to just get out in front and acknowledge, because they put this out before the ratings came out. So they, as you said, it was like a concession oh, speech. Knew. Like, Yeah, they knew that they got beat, and so they were going to get out in front of the story, try to look like the good guys, which is typically not what you would see from WWE. And they they do make a point, and it's a point we, we've said many times. It is a marathon. It is not a one-week sprint. Week one is... Week one for AEW was always going to do very well. It did much better than both of us realistically thought we were both cautiously optimistic but realistically i don't think we thought that at 1.4 like that and then the demographics on top of that like that was huge so it, it did huge numbers but i've always maintained get back to me in december let me see what the numbers are in december and i still like aew produced a great show i and i hope that they're still at one point i I hope they're better than 1.4 million in december like that's better for all of us but i i'm not naive to fall into the premiere debut trap because this happens with literally every single television show the the first week is great a great example this year was the 90210 reboot it did killer ratings the first week and everybody's like fuck this is getting a second season no doubt and then it declined and declined and declined and declined to where it's no guarantee that show's coming back now. And like you said, that happens a lot with premiere shows. It could be a one-week anomaly, but I do find it fascinating, the demographics, because they are hitting that younger demographic that WWE has been having such trouble with. Yeah, and the the other thing is... They they're going after the sports fan and they're they're doing that by trying to make AEW sports centric. I I don't think they 
hammered that home quite enough. Like they, they've hammered home that it's wins and losses, but I'm talking about on the, the show last night, you know, we were promised stats and analytics and stuff like that. And they didn't really show all that off last night. And I'm still very interested to see how that is incorporated, but they are treating this as a sport. So if you treat it as a sport and not as a television show, that younger demographic has more reason to watch. It's kind of what I talked about on the, the review podcast is I'm going to I don't mind missing wrestling live because if it's when you know if it's whoever wins and loses if it's a great match I'm still going to go out of my way to watch it if it's a great match basketball like it, it could be a great game but I care more about who wins and loses so I want to see that happen in real time if it's a cool finish great game okay I'll watch the highlights I'm not going to go back and rewatch the entire game unless you know, I have to do it for a job or something but if you present AEW as a sport and you present that wins and losses matter, then you have the the, the sports fans who are like, well, I can't be spoiled on this. Like, I have to see who wins Cody versus Guevara because it actually matters. Like, I can't even if it's a good match, I can't go into it knowing who wins because that takes some drama out of it for me. So I think they're very smart in in presenting it like that. I, I agree. And it's a uh, it's a different it, it's a different feel, especially to the WWE product, which kind of brings me to my my next one I want to talk about is, uh, in a way, and again, this is one week, but it is interesting. You have to look at it. How many times have we talked about WWE feeling stagnant and sterile and WWE not making enough stars? And you just brought up a little bit ago, a couple minutes, that... You know, they pop these ratings when they bring back Stone Cold and The Rock and Hulk Hogan because they cater to an older audience and they cater to a time where fans remember when, God damn, remember when this happened and it was awesome? And then they see Stone Cold back or whatever. They see Hogan or Flair, whoever their favorite was. They're like, well, God damn, I got to watch this. So in a way, it feels... And again, please understand, it is week one, but I think there is something to what I'm going to say is, in a way, it feels like WWE is starting to get their comeuppance for years of a bad product and insulting their fans. Because without creating an anti-WWE mindset and fan base, AEW would not exist. It would not. No, it wouldn't. And this is what... I mean, they've said many times, Cody and, and the Young Bucks, they, they've talked about like, you know, if there wasn't the, the craving for this, then it obviously wouldn't exist. Like, the not only has WWE left the door open, like Impact has left the door open, ROH, ROH has left yep. the door open. Yeah, like all of these companies could have done a similar thing. They just didn't know how to do that and and cody and the bucks and really being the elite that that whole crew they knew they saw how to capitalize on that and i have to think cody was very instrumental in leading that vision i don't know i really don't even know if this quite happens with cody because i think the young bucks and kenny omega i think omega was just happy doing what he was doing in japan he was you know a top guy there doing well the young bucks seemed happy just doing independence and everything and uh doing the japan shows and making their vlog like it was just a travel vlog 
And then Cody came along and was like, this can be so much more like we can, like he was frustrated from his time in WWE and he saw all this and he's like, we can push this to be so much more. And that's what he did. He worked his ass off and I give the guy a ton of credit because I'm not sure this really happens without him. And yeah, they, they've captured this demographic. And I think this is why Cody is the biggest star in the company because, okay, the young bucks get good pops. Kenny Omega gets a good pop, but Cody is like the, the leader of this whole rally because he's the one who's really pushed this as a, a really an anti WWE movement. And that like, that's the fan base fans who want to rally against WWE because of what they've served over the past decade, two decades since WCW went out of business. And, And Cody is really pushed that more than anybody. And, I mean, full credit to the guy and the the entire company. Exactly, and for you know, there were people that kept going. Well, you can't just be anti WWE or blah blah blah, and it's like, well, the thing is, they're not. It's not like they're out there saying fuck WWE and suck my dick, Vince on TV. The thing is, though, is they know there's that audience out there, and like you said, there's there was a void left by a lot of people. WWE has alienated a lot of people. Through a bad product, a sterile product, and, you know, botching call-ups with their favorites that they hoped to see better for. ROH used to be that company that everybody talked about having the great matches every weekend. Jesus Christ, did you see Joe and Danielson? It was a match of the year. You would hear stuff like that every weekend coming out of ROH. And now you don't. Impact had a chance to be a real alternative but all too often opted to be WWE light. So they all left the door open in various ways. And now it's like, you know, the chickens have come home to roost and AEW is here and they're going to try to pick up all these pieces. They're going to try to capture the lapsed fans, the frustrated fans, the younger fans, anybody who is not invested in those other products. And it's smart. I don't care what anybody says. They're off to a great start. What I'm amused by, though, is the goalposts are already being moved after week one. Yeah, you've seen this more than I have. I have not been on social media too much since these numbers dropped. Um, so I'm excited to hear how people are are spinning this whole thing. Well, the whole thing is, you know, the goalposts are moved because at first it was... AEW is going to fail. There are a bunch of spot monkeys with no personalities and no stories that look like my next door neighbor. NXT is going to crush them. And then the ratings came out today. And all of a sudden it turns into AEW only won because they're just a shiny new toy. It doesn't mean anything. It's only one week. Nobody cares. WWE cares. Do you know why WWE cares? We talked about this in the review. WWE went all out this week. They fucking had two weeks of jumpstart to build an audience. And they built to a TV version of TakeOver. It was basically Clash of the Champions. Three championship matches. You brought a top dollar talent. A highly paid talent in Finn Balor. And you're going to transfer him to NXT. Which I don't hate, mind you. Because I'm all for Finn Balor having bangers with, with a bunch of fresh talents and being used better. 
but you brought Finn Balor in. You give away Adam Cole and Matt Riddle in a takeover caliber match in the opener. You run limited to no commercials. You bring Tommaso Ciampa back. And you lost. And the thing is, and we talked about this too, Jeremy. Again, guys, go listen to episode 55. It's all there. This is not revisionist history. You cannot run a fucking mini takeover every week. You're going to burn out your wrestlers. You're going to burn out your audience. You're going to burn through all your big matches. And it's not going to mean a goddamn thing to the product. The, it's what we said in the preview that they they put everything into this show. They tried their damnedest to deviate or deter fans from watching AEW. And... Yeah, limited commercials. They had an overrun. They they did a mini takeover. They brought back Balor. They brought back Champa. They like they pulled out all these stops here, and they still lost. And they lost in that big demographic. And this just goes to show that maybe the WWE stink is just too much for even NXT because like we love NXT and, and it, anyone who any WWE fan who watches NXT will tell you it's it's a night and day difference in the product like the takeover is always great the television is always uh good to great and there, there's very little missteps on a lot of their shows it would compare especially compared to WWE but it's still technically WWE and that's a, a point that a lot of people some people want to ignore some people want to I, I'm sure one of the the goalpost arguments has been like okay it is WWE but it's a third brand so okay oh, yeah, AEW beat their well, yeah, it's that, like, like Impact <laughs> beating ECW on sci-fi yeah I'm sure that is a an argument because that's the easiest argument to make I'm not even a WWE apologist but that's a clear argument to make um but no they like they pulled out all the stops for this. They they promoted it on USA Network. I, I think they could have done a better job. Uh, I really think that, and I, I think I've said as much on podcasts uh, or, or in tweets. Um, they did everything they could, and they still lost, and that's not a very good uh, sign for them because I don't know what else they can do. And I truly, truly hope that their their statement is genuine in the fact that maybe not they're not happy for AEW. Uh it's genuine in the fact that it is a marathon. Like don't try to do and, and we discussed this on the review. Like don't be so reactionary. The Undertaker better not be showing up next week. Uh the the rock if the rock shows up cool. Um like don't do a DX reunion on NXT. Stick with what you're doing and just hope that kind of works and hope you can just attract more fan bit fans and hope you can pull that them away from AEW in that way. Because if you start just essentially trying to take the raw audience and convert them to an NXT audience, then then NXT truly is a, a third WWE brand. I, it is, but at least it feels different. It looks different. It, the the action is different. But if you if you're just putting Rollins on the show and all these main roster guys on the show, then it really is. It, it's ECW on Sci-Fi, and it means absolutely nothing. So I hope they don't go that route. And to go back to a point I made in the review, I think the reason that 
this has to be looked at as a huge win for AEW. Not only because of the demographic numbers and the fact that they won by a wide margin. But the fact is, NXT, like we said, put on a mini takeover. AEW put on their TV show. They did not balk. They did not change anything when they found out that Matt Riddle and Adam Cole was going to open the show. They didn't alter anything. They went ahead. They did not unload their entire arsenal. They went ahead, you know, plan as plan was, set in stone. This is what we're going to do week one. We're going to see if it works or not. And it worked week one. Again, follow-up is the key. Is it going to be the same six weeks from now? Are they going to drop 600,000 viewers? Are they going to drop under a million viewers? Are they going to maintain? Can they even maintain next week? I mean, I think week one to week two because it was a new show. And then, you know, you're going to have that kind of... The shininess will be off the toy a little bit, I will say. You're probably going to see a drop next week. But again, maybe not because as we have hammered home... AEW bucks all the traditional wrestling trends. Wrestling companies without TV do not sell 100,000 pay-per-view buys twice. They do not sell out Vegas 14,000 seats or whatever in four minutes. They do not sell out Chicago in 30 minutes twice. They do not do these things. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they stay at 1.4. Maybe they increase. Who the fuck knows? It is a crazy-ass time. Wrestling in 2019, Jeremy, crazier than I've ever seen it. And this is just more evidence of that. Yeah, the Rock and Roll Express or NWA Tag Team Champions. Fuck sake, Jeremy. Sorry. God damn it. Sorry. Uh, Dave Ligon is going to get all pissed at me again on fucking Twitter now. Oh, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) I don't even know where the fuck that came from, by the way. Uh, I think that was a bad headline by somebody else. Uh, It wasn't your fault. Oh, he fucking shots fired at me for no fucking reason. Yeah. Thanks, No, he said he appreciates your work. Somebody else wrote a a not-so-good headline. I I understood the headline, but, yeah, some other people had an issue with it. Anyway, um, uh, where was I on this? I don't even remember. He threw me off with the Lacana <laughs> crack shooting on you, brother. Uh, it's a, it is crazy. I think that the uh, a telling, maybe telling thing is that yes, AEW does buck a lot of trends, and that's why it's it seems almost foolish to predict that uh, you know three weeks from now that they're going to drop down to eight hundred thousand, but. There, there is a thing of, you know, you can just look at the ticket sales and, you know, they were doing sellouts immediately. Like the pay-per-views were selling out immediately. The the first few TV shows sold out immediately. Now they're still selling tickets to the, the November shows. Full Gear still hasn't sold out as far as I know. So, you know, ticket sales are starting to slow down. And so... The initial buzz, at least in terms of ticket sales, have gone down. Now, will that carry over to television? Will This obviously had huge buzz. It did huge ratings. Will it settle like a lot of wrestling and just television shows in general do? Uh, and will it start to decline from there? I will give – I will say a positive thing about the NXT ratings is – they were at 1.1, 1. 1, uh, a little little over that uh, the first week and maybe a little under that the second week. They were over 800,000. So they lost about 200,000 fans. 
that's not terrible considering that AEW did 1.7 and you were against a, a baseball playoff game as well. Like 200,000 fans on the whole, not that bad. So NXT does have at least uh, seems to be like a, a base fan base there that'll that'll keep watching. And like I'm sure that'll continue to shrink. And this will be the interesting thing to follow is does NXT close a gap on AEW? Does NXT stay the same and AEW starts to fall? Do they both go up? Um, do, do they both start to fall? But I, I do think a NXT, like if you just threw away the comparison to AEW, the fact that NXT maintained a, a good, strong audience uh, despite the baseball game and despite like let, let's call AEW. Let's say it's not a wrestling promotion, even though it obviously <laughs> is. Let's say it's like a, a an NBA, a, another baseball game or NBA playoff game or something like the fact that it still maintained a, a strong audience there is, is a good sign for them. It is. And it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just fascinated to follow this because, you know, we haven't had anything like this in so long. The, the failed TNA run on Monday wasn't very interesting overall in terms of this. And it's like, this is fascinating to me, especially because WWE unloaded all the cannons. I don't want to hear that they didn't. And I don't want to hear that this isn't a war because it obviously is. For fans, it's not. Because obviously, I I had a fucking great time last night. And again, before anybody accuses us of shitting on NXT, we're not. We both enjoyed that show greatly. I actually said it was the better show last night. But again, that doesn't always translate the ratings because, like, look at Impact. I mean, it's not on a great network or anything, but, like, even on Twitch to where it's available for anybody for free, it's a good show a lot of weeks. But, like, you have, like, three to 5,000 people watching it. And just because it's good doesn't mean people will turn tune in. It's unfortunate. But that happens. I thought NXT was a great show. But for whatever reason, it just... It didn't maintain. You had the AEW factor. You had the baseball factor. And it's going to be really interesting to track over the next few weeks. I'm going to be interested, um, you know, once we get to the end of November, because we'll be, you know, we'll be eight weeks in. And that, that, that six to eight week mark is normally where I start making the full judgment. But I think week one, if, if you're AEW, if you're TNT, you have to be absolutely fucking thrilled. For sure. I don't think this is huge. They right out of the gate. It's it's there's no negative spin for AEW. I I'm sure there's somebody out there like, oh, I expected a little bit more giving like the buzz and whatnot. Like, okay, I if you expected more, then you were being really optimistic on on your radar there, because I don't think the majority of people expected one point four. Um I think Meltzer kind of got hopes up a little bit early in the morning when he released the the market numbers and is like this usually translates to about 1.5 to 1.7 and obviously it fell short of the 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 1.5 but still 1.4 if you had said this 24 hours ago like prior to both shows even airing anybody any AEW person any TNT executive would have been thrilled over the moon with 1.4 and if anyone thinks like we've shit on NXT because they listen to this, like go back and listen to the review. We were 
praised the shit out of NXT. Uh, we both said it was a, a better show than AEW, but we also both said it was a better show largely because they pulled out all the stops where AEW was just their wrestling show. And it, it was a very good wrestling show at that. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to end of November now because I'm, I'm looking forward to even next week. This is going to be just a, a fascinating thing to follow. And I hope, I sincerely hope that they both just stay the course with things. I don't want, I know AEW will. They proved last night when they definitely had a chance to be reactionary and do all these different things. They they showed that, no, we're just going to present our show and you're either going to like it or you're not, but we're, we're fairly confident you are. Um, and they were right. NXT, I just stay the course because we know NXT can be good. And I think they can be, they can continue to be great. Even if they're not giving you a takeover show every week, like they can continue to be great with two hours, but just stay the course with that. And if you're still getting critically acclaimed shows against AEW every single um, week in December, and then you can dangle the bigger arena carrot. Yeah, I am um, going in before last night, before all the stuff started trending and all, all the Google Analytics came out. I was pretty confident AEW could do 800,000 because they pulled over 600,000 for that one hour special. So I was like, I'm like, you know, 800 is a really realistic, strong number, I think, for week one. I'm like, if they could do about 800,000 and NXT stays around a million, I'm like, that's that's a good night, you know? And um, but then then when we talked today, you know, we were breaking down just all the, all the trending stuff, all the Google Analytics and everything, and all the trending factors. And we, we even admitted though that that doesn't always translate to ratings because, like as you brought up, like award shows always do great, and then the ratings have been going down and down and down the past three and four years. And the fact that they, you know, it actually translated, and there was the buzz, and it delivered a. A damn good rating for a first show. I mean, again, you have three times what TNT was doing for replay movies that they owned the rights to. It's going to be good for the advertising split for both of them. Again, everybody should be thrilled on the AEW TNT side. Definitely. I, I, I don't know what else to say because, yeah, TNT should, should be thrilled. NXT should be certainly disappointed to an extent. I do think they can still hold their head up high in that pretty much what they said on in the statement is that it is a marathon and WWE has a proven track record of outlasting uh, this stuff. And so, you know, we will see a few weeks from now. But for, for night one, they it, AEW certainly won the, the one-day sprint. Next week on NXT, Jeremy, it all changes. Bobby Lashley's going to come in and beat the shit out of Johnny Gargano and fuck his wife on TV. That's how you get ratings. <laughs> just look at the end of Raw, baby. That's how you get the ratings. Look, I said Bobby Lashley should just be a, a man whore and just go around fucking wrestlers' wives. And yeah, if he goes to NXT, Gar Gargano... Uh, Going after Candice LeRae would certainly be the the, the play there. God, that's going to happen now. You know? <laughs> if it happens, everybody, I'm so sorry. What, what do you think, before we wrap this up, uh, what do you think of 
what this says about Triple H because he seemed, I don't know about defeatist in the media roundup, but on like the pre-show, like he was very like, you know, tune in, you know, we're going to knock your socks off and everything. But even he seemed like he was coming to grips with the fact like, yeah, their, their buzz is just killing us right now. Like no matter what I say or do, I just can't seem to push any momentum. And NXT has always played very nice in the media as far as you know the fans win and all this stuff like they're not taking those shots they're not punching down as, as a lot of people uh like to say so what do you think this says about like triple h uh yeah i did get that feeling listening to that um i i didn't pick up on it so much at first but when you go back and listen to it it really feels that way um this is going to be interesting because this is now the first time that Something is all on Triple H. This is his test drive for bigger things in the future. And he's going to have to deliver. And it's going to be interesting to see how much rope he's given to hang himself. Because how many times in the past has Vince quote-unquote put somebody in charge of something and then if it doesn't please him, he pulls the plug, he fires writers, he changes things, he takes over. I mean, yeah, I mean, are we to see The Undertaker appearing in two weeks and um, you know, beating the shit out of Damian Priest? You know, I mean, what the hell, is Mark Henry going to come back and put Keith Lee in his place? You know, it's like, what are what's going to happen? I, I, I think that NXT will be more reactionary than AEW will be. And I, again, I think AEW should stay that way because they proved to themselves week one, they went out, they did their thing, they put on their show. And I even, I, even in my wrap up to that show, I spoke about like, it was, it was a wrestling heavy show with a little bit of bullshit, which I admit appeals to me, but I didn't know how it would play to a bigger audience because those kind of shows in the past have done mixed ratings. Sometimes they're pretty good. Sometimes they don't do well at all. So they started off well. Is that going to be enough to keep people around? You know, that's going to be the big question is, hey, Chris Jericho's there. And hey, that's that Dean Ambrose guy. I remember him. You know, it's stuff like that and a lot of good wrestling and a different vibe and a hot crowd and a big building. Is that going to be enough to keep people? Are they going to, you know, how are they going to incorporate more stories? Are they going to run more video package stuff like we talked about they could have done last night? But, um, yeah, I'm just, I, I told you, Jeremy, and you said it too. We were so excited going into this Wednesday stuff. And I am even more fascinated and excited now after this rating comes out. I mean, number one, the shows were great. I, I love the shows. I had a fucking great time Wednesday night covering these shows. So much fun. Had a great time talking about them today. But the business side is also extra fascinating. And as you just brought up, the Triple H factor. I mean, how long, how much rope does he get? Is he going to turn around? Is he going to prove himself? Can he do it? Will Vince allow him to do it? I think because he's Triple H and he is the son-in-law, he has more rope than just, say, someone Vince appointed like then just say Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff, who whomever Vince would put in charge of the brand. Like he he's he's blood, and not like technical blood, but you know you know what I'm saying. Like he has family ties to this man, and Vince should uh, hopefully respect that. 
I don't know if he will, but you would think he would be like, okay, I'm going to trust my son-in-law with this. I This is why I don't think Vince getting involved would be a good thing because NXT has always presented itself as the alternative to WWE. And the, the problem is they, they're still WWE, and so people didn't buy it as an alternative, even though if you watch the two products, the, they're completely different brands. If Vince gets involved, yeah, then you're going to see the fucking Undertaker, and it's like, okay, cool. Now it really is just a third brand. I, I hope Triple H gives is given actual time to succeed because, look, we, we came out of last night's show, and yeah, they, they blew a lot of stuff with the mini takeover stuff. They also set up a lot of stuff. You've got Champa coming back. You've added Finn Balor, and I talked about the importance of him down at NXT and how much he meant to taking that brand to the next level as a touring brand. Like you've got Finn Balor coming in there now. Like just stay the course with some of this stuff, and maybe you can start cutting into the AEW fans because the AEW fans are going to be there. But if if they do discover NXT, if they do see, hey, this is a real alternative, Vince isn't getting involved, maybe they go to that because NXT can put on just as good a show as AEW can. Um, and especially because AEW, I, I think both companies are going to rotate their stars and, and rotate their their depth. And I think that'll be like that could be helpful, but also harmful because you're going to see next week on AEW. Uh, you'll, you'll see the top stars. You're probably not going to see like who hangman page and, and Pac. I don't know if they're going to be featured next week. Cause you, you've got to get guys like Janela on there. You got to get guys like Luchasaurus and jungle boy on there. And, um, you know, a lot of the Jimmy havoc Darby Allen wasn't on there. They, they have plans for him. Uh, they've got a bunch of female talent that you have to still showcase. So like you got more guys to rotate and the same thing with NXT, like, you got Keith Lee, Dajakovic. I know Damian Priest made made a quick little appearance um, last night, but him, uh, Tony Storm is, is potentially coming in. So you've got uh, players that you can rotate in there. I just want both both companies to stay the course, and if they do that, then I'll be really fascinated to to see what the ratings are. And if Vince gets involved, I'll be less fascinated just because NXT will just feel like you know, a third WWE brand. And I don't want that. Yeah. I, I don't want it to feel like Ron Smackdown. I want NXT to feel like NXT. Definitely. So, uh, that is, uh, that's kind of the breakdown, Jeremy. It's, uh, it's interesting already. And it's, uh, I think it's only going to keep getting interesting as the weeks go on. Definitely. Um, I'm, I want to see what the numbers are next week and the week after and then all the way up till November and then, you know, what they are after that. And I want to see how these two companies react to each other because we we know what NXT can do differently. AEW could obviously make changes if they want to. I think they're more likely to stay the course. NXT can start traveling, go to a different arena. You know, I want to see if AEW just keeps winning and keeps winning does NXT just go back to being a network show? Do they move nights still while still being on USA? You know, do they go at eight o'clock on USA because that's when, and you know, then they spin it as 
well, you know, that's SmackDown's old spot. That, you know, this is when wrestling fans are used to it. Like, this is the stuff, like, the long-term goal or the long-term game for both of these brands and companies are is super interesting to me. It is a marathon. WWE is correct in that, uh, in that part of the statement. Can you imagine if, you know, God forbid, I don't want anybody to fail and I don't want people losing their jobs, but can you imagine if AEW fails and then, like, Five years. There's a NXT NXT AEW Wednesday Night Wars documentary on the network. Can you imagine the narration? AEW stole top WWE talents such as Cody Rhodes, Dean Ambrose, and Chris Jericho. Vince McMahon was forced to find some attitude and battle a billionaire that got into the wrestling business against him. I get it would be like the funniest thing because the whole WCW revisionist history thing always cracks me up. Yeah, if if they win the war and I don't know who's winning this war. I I hope they both win, honestly. Like oh, WWE's yeah. not going like WWE's not going out out of business. We all know that. And I hope AEW does have an actual like successful run. Like I hope in 20 years we are still talking about AEW and th- I think that would be great for everybody. Um, I hope they don't add a second show and make it three hours long, but I hope we're still talking about them in 20 years. I, but yeah, if, if NXT WWE does win this war and AEW is gone in two years and we get the documentary, yeah, fuck the, the revisionist history on that's going to be amazing. Yeah, and again, this is not a, we're saying AEW's going to kick WWE's ass and take them out of business. For number one, that would never happen. But number two, it's just what I kind of talked about at the beginning about frustration in fans and stuff. People want an alternative. They want something different. That's why a lot of people were gravitating towards NXT, because it didn't feel... It didn't feel like Raw. It didn't feel like SmackDown. It didn't feel like an average WWE pay-per-view. Even WWE fans wanted something different. And then you had a group of people, too, that you have all these independent talents that they loved, like Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens coming in, and Japanese fans that liked Asuka and Shinsuke Nakamura and stuff like that. And so it was exciting for them to kind of see them in a setting to where they could still thrive but yet also make it to the big time and get paid. And yeah, so it's just, yeah, I just, I want an alternative. I want good wrestling. I want good shows. I got good shows Wednesday night. I was really happy. But the business side at the same time also fascinates me to no end. Look, the business side fascinates me because I want more people clicking all of my shit so I can get paid more money. That too, but seriously, yeah. <laughs> not even gonna lie about it. That's, uh, you know, we're appreciate your honesty, to, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, not to say we don't love wrestling because we do, but I I like being able to support my family and keep my bills going, uh, and keep my bills paid, I should say. So, and I mean, I know you feel the same way, whether you outright admit it, but come on, we all like money. Exactly. So uh, I think that'll wrap us up again. We'll be back after. Uh, 
Hell in a Cell, which is a huge three-match card as of this recording. Everything's going an hour. That's right. Broadway's all night long. So we thank you guys. Again, you can follow the 411 on Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and of course, the 411mania.com website. Please make sure to subscribe to the show, share us around on social media, and if you have time, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Jeremy, have a good day, brother. Thank you again. You do the same, buddy.